Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive and industrial manufacturing industries and supporting ecosystems and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Happy, happy, happy to be here. Welcome. This is our season six of one of our longest running SAP Game Changer shows. If you want to help make the world a better place, it's time to run, drive, and make things with the Game Changers, and that's why we're here. I have two very interesting guests today, and we're going to talk about a very interesting topic. Electric cars, EVs, electric vehicles. You got one? How far can you go? Where are you going to charge it? How secure are you in taking that trip? Let's talk about all of that. Before my guests introduce themselves, we have two experts on the topic. I have three quick quotes about this. So listen up, everyone. I have a quote from roboticsandautomationnews.com. Interesting website. Here we go. Electric cars lost their image of being flimsy, slow, and perhaps slightly embarrassing a long time ago. The public's priorities have changed, especially younger generations consider looking after the environment more important than roaring down the freeway in a fantastic muscle car. However, new electric cars have speed, and oil and gas companies look set to integrate electric charging points, that's what we're talking about today, at fuel stations as standard. Interesting. That's quote number one. Buzz number two is from the same source. Listen to this. As of May 2019, when this article was written, it's estimated there are more than one billion, I said billion cars on the world's roads, two to three million are pure battery electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles, according to the International Energy Agency, which forecasts that by 2040, now we're almost at the end of 2021, it's less than 20 years from now, there will be 300 to 400 million EVs on the road out of 2 billion vehicles. You can all do this while you're listening to the show. And here's buzz quote number three, and this is from Reuters, a very well-known news, news station, news aggregator. Here we go. EV level one chargers use a regular 110-volt outlet like a home plug. They take a long time to charge a vehicle. They are being put into older apartment buildings and letting residents drive. Get this, an overnight charge will give you about 30 miles on your car. Not really very far to go. Level two chargers cost about five grand to install. They use a 240 volt outlet. That's like your clothes dryer or your air conditioner. They're used in shopping malls, parking garages, and they can top off your battery in five hours. Top off. Now, I don't know what the total mileage is, but that's interesting. Then we have something called DCFC, fast chargers. If you want to invest in one of those or install one, it's about Hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand U.S. per station in upfront capital, and they let the direct current go into the battery without converting it to an alternating current. They use a four hundred eighty. I hope my guests are impressed with my research. I know all this in my mind. I I just know this stuff. Four hundred eighty volt outlet. They can top an EV in under one hour, and but not all electric vehicles are equipped to fast charge. 
based on the hardware and software in the car. Let's stop that. So the confidence of knowing you can find a charging station for your electric vehicles on any journey is critical. How far can you go? Will you really get there? Only then could drivers and passengers plan our, I'm not saying their, our travels, our lives around a dependable EV charging infrastructure. Charge point operators, that's what we're talking about today. Organizations that manage these charging stations are crucial components. How can they not only provide electrons, but also diagnostics, (gasps) maintenance, (gasps) price setting, and data management services reliably? We have two experts. Eventually, somebody might see this video. I have the privilege of being on Zoom visual with my guest, Marcus Fent at the Mobility House. Wave hello, Marcus. There we go. And Sebastian Wagner, and he told me I can call him Basti, B-A-S-T-I at SAP. And they're going to share their insights with us and how businesses can thrive in the new mobility world. Our topic today, if you haven't guessed, is charge point operations, how electric vehicles can go mainstream. Welcome to both of you. Marcus, I hope I gave some good facts in my intro, Marcus. Were you happy with what I shared? Do you agree with everything? Absolutely. I even can pick it up. <laughs> okay. And, and Basti, what'd you think? Did you like the facts about the types of batteries and volts? I think people want to know this, don't you? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And especially the, the, the fact that you can uh, tank and, uh, and uh, fill your, uh, your, your tank at home yeah, uh, with clean energy. But we will uh, yeah, follow up is, on that, hopefully. Isn't that interesting? And you just brought up a good point. You can fill your tank at home. Fill your tank means plugging into a charging station. Yes. Very, very interesting. In your building, in your shopping center, so much to talk about. So now let's introduce each of you. Marcus Fent, you're up first. Marcus, for the video, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view would you please introduce yourself what do you do what is the mobility house where are you located and a little bit about what's your passion for our topic today marcus welcome Bonnie, thanks a lot. So my name is Marcus. I am the managing director and CSO of the Mobility House. We are um, a company founded back in 2009 with the vision to connect the batteries of electric vehicles with the energy system. By that, saving CO2 while charging, not only driving, and making money out of the vehicle when it's idle. So before um, I worked with Siemens, Boss, Accenture, um, and I joined into the vision actually um, um, based on the um, the phrase you gave before the the robotics magazine or that statement, um, because uh, my my friend and the founder of Mobility House bought a Tesla Roadster, and I was so much um, kind of engaged by that fast, um, speedy car. But as it was a sports car sitting around the whole day, you don't need it. But it was plugged in, as Basti said before. It kind of, and we live in Tyrol, um, Austria, right in the mountains. You have a lot of hydro pumped um, 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 uh, kind of power plants there, and the battery in that car is exactly the same, sitting there the whole week, only used for one or two hours um, over the weekend. So we thought, why not using these idle batteries of, um, as you mentioned before, three to four. 400 million electric vehicles in 2040 and that's our vision and therefore um, I'm with Mobility House and thriving that vision to reality. 
Thank you so much. I love the story. Fascination with the Tesla and the battery sitting around. We have a lot to talk about. Marcus, thank you. I'm very, very happy. And by the way, a shout out to Thomas Pohl and Judy Kubis at SAP. Judy is the sponsor of this long running series. And Thomas is responsible for engaging Marcus and Basti for the show. Basti, you're up. Please introduce yourself. And we love a little backstory too. What, what makes you so excited about this topic? Welcome, Basti Wagner. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, pleased to be a part of your show. Yeah, I'm Basti Wagner. I'm based in the Munich region here in Germany. And uh, I'm a product expert for immobility and renewables. So that's a big word. So uh, after my studies back in 2010, uh, we had a tremendous shift here in Europe uh, that we want to move away from coal industry and, uh, and energy that is produced from coal. Yeah. And there was new technology coming over from the United States, which was meant demand response. So it goes in that direction, also demand. So me as a, uh, as a user of electricity can use it in an intelligent way. So which means not every time when uh, power is available, it's useful to do that. So I, come, I joined the first company who uh, helped uh, uh, bigger industrial uh, customers just uh, using or thinking and in a technical way, enabling them with software power in a more useful way. So uh, using the power when it's produced, maybe from renewables and when the capacities are there. So next step, of course, came in with e-mobility. And when e-mobility goes mainstream, why are not using this knowledge and filling the tanks of the EVs in the most intelligent way. So for me, I have this picture with my solar on my rooftop. Yeah, I'm filling in power from the sun. This gives me a feeling it's really, I was also a petrol head, yeah, driving sports cars with the sound and roaring up my M4 here in Munich. It's BMW city, yeah. But <laughs> of course, there's a new world. And uh, of course, we stress the use uh, resources it's our generation. We had fun, but now we have to think about more useful ways of spending our resources and renewables. They are there. We have wind, we have sun. Why not combining them with EV? And that's my passion. And that's what I drive at the moment also uh, uh, with the software company at the moment. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I'm guilty. I just bought a Z4. Yeah. Okay. My first. It was BMW. the last one, Bonnie. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I've been driving Nissan Zs, the 350, 373, 280 for years and had an unfortunate experience and the car got totaled. I'm fine. But I needed a Z. And, and somebody said, well, we don't have the Z you want, but we've got a Z4. And I wrote the check and bought the car on the spot and that's it. It's beautiful. It's so automated. I feel like I'm driving a computer on four wheels. I'm having to learn learn to deal with all the automation in the car, but it is a gas car. However, I only leave the my office and house once a week for one trip out with COVID and with everything going on. I don't need to be out. So Marcus and Basti, my car sits in the garage unused six days a week. 
Bonnie, okay. come to Munich, BMW, and drive i4. You will never get back to your C C4. But that's only. Thank you. Maybe I will do that. Thanks for the invitation. On that note, we're going to move to the next segment of the show. I've asked my two very interesting guests, and you both are very interesting. And, and I appreciate your expressing your passion for the topic in personal terms as well as in business terms, intelligent uses of resources and just the excitement over the Tesla and what can we do about all of this. So thank you for that. Marcus has sent me a quote. I've asked him for a quote from a movie, from a fictional character, movie or TV or a song. And they sent, they picked some very interesting ones. So the quote has nothing to do with the topic and in their own words, and Marcus is laughing already. I can see you here on Zoom. He's going to tell us what it does have to do with our topic in his own words. So the quote he picked is number 42 from the book, the movie, the TV show. It became a franchise, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the original quote is number 42, don't panic and carry a towel. And I have to tell everybody, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has been abbreviated to HG2G, to HHGTTG, to H number two, G number two, or a small t, capital HG, small t, T capital G. It's a comedy science fiction franchise created by the illustrious Douglas Adams, originally a 1978 radio comedy broadcast on BBC Radio 4. It was adapted to stage shows, novels, comic books, a TV series, a video game, and a 2005 feature film. And I don't know if you know this, Marcus, but May 5th, twenty. 12 was declared Towel Day, an annual commemoration of the life and work of Douglas Adams. So the quote again is number 42, don't panic and carry a towel. And they say a towel is the about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. Marcus Fent, you've got to rescue me. What in the world does the towel have to do with electric vehicles and charging stations? Talk to me. There are two things. First, <laughs> Privately, I live in Tyrol, Austria, which is uh, kind of a small town, 100,000 people in the in, in, right between the mountains. And you won't believe it, but back in the 70s, uh, Douglas Adams was there on a campground and coming up with the idea of Hitchhiker's Guide Through the Galaxy. So it was born more or less in my hometown. So I have a special relation to um, him and his books. Second, the towel within the book is kind of um, a, a phrase for somebody who can quickly adapt to any new situation um, in, in the galaxy. And somebody who traveled through the galaxy struggles with all the kind of odds and evils in a galaxy, but still keeps his towel is a person to be reckoned with. And for me, the towel is a little bit um, phrasing the 10 years now we were fighting for integrating e-mobility, um, first introducing e-mobility, and I think Elon Musk also has a towel always with him. Um, and now it's, it's easy because now it's mainstream, but 10 years ago, it wasn't easy. We had a lot of um, struggles and fight against um, legislation, regulation, and so on. And now we come to the next step, Basti mentioned before already. Now we have to integrate them smart into our system. So now we have to um, realize for you, your car sitting in the garage um, four days or six days a week, you said, um, earning, a hundred bucks a week. Why not? 
just by giving the battery to the energy system. And this we want to achieve, and therefore we need the towel to adapt to many <laughs> new situations, be flexible, and uh, trade it in for even um, uh, other things. I would love that. And I have to tell you, that's probably one of the most creative quotes linked to a business topic I have ever heard in all my years of hosting radio. Marcus, I think you're going to get the award for that one. Thank you. But I don't want to minimize Basti's quote because he's got a good one too. Basti, I'm going to put you on speaker view in a second here. But Basti sent us a quote from the Australian hard rock band ACDC talking about electricity and charges and ACDC. I don't know if you picked that band on purpose, but wow, the name of the band has to do with our topic. So the the uh, the show is let's see the name of the quote is it's a long way it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll it's the first track of ACDC's second album TNT released only in Australia and New Zealand in December of 1975 and what's remarkable about the song is it combines bagpipes with hard rock instrumentation and there's a call and response between the bagpipes and the guitar in the middle of the song and it talks about the hardships endured by a rock band on tour. I won't read the rest of it. Basti, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, high voltage. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned it, Bonnie, and it goes in the same direction. Marcus uh, mentioned before. Yeah. If you want to uh, uh, bring immobility and renewables uh, uh, to the market, yeah, it's a little bit like a new rock band going on the first tour yeah so the audience uh, maybe in the beginning uh, and uh, marcus mentioned now we are at the scaling phase where it becomes mainstream was not always really great and friendly to you yeah because uh, uh, when you're facing the automotive industry uh, selling petrol cars and and the utilities uh, uh, having uh, coal uh, 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 resources for the for example you were not always welcome or uh, the over the last years so it's always like you have to play also in front of that audience you want to know that believes in you and that the, the audience uh, and and the songs are good yeah uh, and everything else yeah when you play play a good rock and roll and if when you want to become a rock and roll star you just have to go through that phase to become famous in the end so uh, that's my mission yeah and um you mentioned it, of course, ACDC. That's the technology stack behind. So completely moving forward, bringing electricity and re renewables to the mainstream. That's my rock and roll show or our rock and roll show. Yeah, where we are here together. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very creative quotes from both of you. By the way, I don't know if I told you I'm a drummer. Okay, I just want yeah. both of you to know. So yeah, you can become a, a part of the band then, Bonnie. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to. We'll leave my, I'll, I'll leave my Z4, I'll go get an electric car, and I'll drive somewhere to Tyrol, and I'll meet you, and we'll, we'll put a band together. There we go. ACDC, watch out. It's the Marcus, Basti, and Bonnie band. There we go. Let's yeah. go to the part of the show where we have. <laughs> uh, my guests have sent me a few statements, actually six discussion statements each. And I'm going to start off with statement number one from Marcus. Here's how it's going to work. Marcus, I'll read your statement brief and to the point. Really appreciate how articulate these are. And I'm going to ask you to unpack it. Take two to three minutes, Marcus. And then Basti is going to be sitting on the edge of his chair, ready to pounce because I'm going to say, Basti, agree or disagree with Marcus. Now, Basti, Marcus told me you're allowed to disagree with three of his six statements if we get to that many. After that, 
I, I can't guarantee what's <laughs> going to happen. Okay, so Marcus, here's statement number one. Electric vehicles are the biggest flexibility in terms of load and storage in the energy system. Marcus, Finn, please unpack this so we know what you're talking about. Go ahead. I hope you don't switch me off if I now refer that to the Hoover Dam um, in Arizona or Nevada, actually. Um, to, to give you an example, the Hoover Dam was built um, until 1935 or something like this. And you have 2000 megawatt of power in the Hoover Dam. So you were just mentioning electric vehicles um, connected with um, um, seven kilowatt each. So you need only 300,000 electric vehicles to have the same power. Yes, just for a couple of hours only, but you have with 300,000 electric vehicles the same power than the Hoover Dam. Uh, which is one of the biggest and the most recognized uh, power sources in the US. So currently in the US, you already have 1.8 million electric vehicles. So 3,000 is factor uh, six. So you have six Hoover dams already in the in, in the US. And this is just 2% of the US vehicles. So imagine a couple of years from now, what kind of power source and also storage capacity you might have in the US. So we need to use it. We need to use it like we used the Grand Canyon because the, the walls have been already there. You just had to build one single small wall to create that huge, huge source of power. And that we have to do with electric vehicle batteries. They are there already. They are paid already for driving at least once a week in, in your case. So we need to take that flexibility into the energy market um, store renewable energy in it, release it at night, and make use of that flexibility. That's the background and the connection to the Hoover Dam. <laughs> That's fascinating. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it. You know, it's great when you relate what you're talking about, Marcus and Basti, to things that people are familiar with, to events, to places, to systems, to situations, to businesses. We could say, ah, the, the comparison, the metaphor, if you will, is always helpful in relating. Not apples and oranges anymore. More, is it so basti agree or disagree with mr fent go ahead yeah i uh, agree in, in in that part but uh, what i want to add is some i, I see uh, the, the the challenge for me is how can we transform it to the end user bonnie yeah having uh, the uh, or the 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 security that the vehicle driver adopts uh, and connecting the vehicle to the grid from eight in the morning to, uh, uh, um, for example, lunch break. Yeah, how we can motivate this with the software intelligence behind that Bonnie is really inter interesting uh, uh, to doing this. Yeah, uh, maybe it's in the sense I connected at the local uh, uh, coffee shop, uh, coffee shop buying some and, and getting my coffee for free, my cappuccino for free because I'm the car is connected and the grid operators, they have access to the cars, for example, to the Hoover Dam capacity or part of the Hoover Dam uh, capacity. So it's a little bit more, how can we bring it more, this technical great vision also um, Marcus uh, has to, to, to the mainstream, yeah, and, and transport this message, yeah, and this motivation. You, you, you know what I mean? Yes, very, very interesting. Marcus, you want to say anything back to Basti? Basti, I just put another statement in the in the chat for you. Marcus, any thoughts back on what Basti shared? 
Yeah, a, a very important point. How do we make it easy? Because nobody of us is thinking about how do cable TV um, offerings are optimized in, in, in the kind of in the back or how do mobile phone um, providers optimize the transmission of data and speech in the back. So it should not be a technical solution. It should give value to the people and to the community and the world that we need to transform by uh, communication, easiness, and uh, convenience. Speaking of convenience, I remember being on a Long Island Railroad train when I lived in New York, and I needed desperately to charge my cell phone, my mobile mm -hmm. phone. We used to call them cell phones back in the day. And I couldn't find a charger. I, there was no place to. And I finally found out that in the very last seat of the car I was in on the Long Island Railroad, which would go from Long Island into Penn Station in Manhattan, if you have ever have or have not ever been there, there was a little plug-in for two outlets on the side of the seat just before the bathroom, which is not the seat you really wanted to be in. And that was the only place in that particular car. Now, when you're traveling on Amtrak, which has the velvet seats and you can recline them and you're going a little longer distance and that is housed a little farther down in Penn Station, Amtrak goes around New England and up and down the East Coast probably all over the all over the country, they have a charging outlet right at your seat, right next to your seat. So I remember having to figure out, can anybody help me find a plug? I need to charge my phone. I, carry my, I still carry a charger. Now today, we all think of, is my phone charged? Or if you bring your iPad somewhere, is my iPad charged? Or any other personal, small, carryable electronics. So now we have to think about, is my car charged? Where do yeah. I want to go? How many miles do I need to go? Am I contributing back to the grid? Will I get something in exchange, right, for, for charging credits? But is my car charged? How is my car going to be charged? How many miles will I have? And what facility along the way? It's like, I can't come to the party because I forgot to charge my car last night. Duh. So let's move this into another section here. Sebastian Wagner-Basti, I'm looking at statement number two. And let's get to the part we I think we really want to talk about is software. So you say yeah. software and intelligence. And you already mentioned intelligent energy sources or intelligent use of energy sources. Software and intelligence, you say, are a key factor for success because many actors and actors in quotes is from the car manufacturers to the electric vehicle drivers need to be connected. Let's unpack this please Basti and then we'll see what Marcus has to say. Go ahead. Yeah, it goes in this direction that uh, when it comes to the, the charging, uh, the charge point or the plug-in, you, you said, Bonnie, yeah, you have a lot of information. Yeah, for example, take one example, point of interest. Where is the charging point located? Yeah, how, how far is my range? Data from the EV itself, from the battery itself. Uh, how big is the, the uh, power supply there? Is it type 2, the connector you mentioned in your intro sta statement? So all this information needs to get together to bring this vision to the table in the end. Uh, uh, we are talking today together with Markus, yeah, uh, using maybe uh, uh, um, the, the, the batteries in the car, supplying the power grid or also from your perspective, it's only the user experience in your train yeah, compared to your driving experience with the electric car. How big is my range? Where can I plug it in? Yeah, um, 
where uh, uh, can I get then uh, the, the, the parking space in the morning when I drive to the office? So it's an application on your mobile app saying you're working today from nine to five, yeah, making this uh, information transparent. So software is the key and the intelligence behind it, making, uh, making the magic happen. Yeah, and, 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 and that's uh, uh, where I point with this uh, 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 statement that only together with players like uh, Mobility House, who are the ex they're, they're really the experts and, and the front runners in the in that vehicle to call it vehicle to grid yeah in the uh, space yeah make it convenient for the end users in, in the end so that's why software is the key for me and, and and the intelligence that's what i mean thank you very interesting marcus add to us please agree or i don't think you're going to disagree with this agree and, and let's raise the bar <laughs> tell me some more it, it was a nice uh, combination of your phrase, Bonnie, in the beginning, um, um, what, what, what Bastian was mentioning. We, we all know the times where we were sitting in front of toilets on airport grounds, um, um, <laughs> finding, finding a connector. But at yeah. the end, we do not have to fear. We solved it. Now we have connectors all over in, in, in every airplane seat, in every vehicle. Yeah. You can connect and charge all over. And I think with e-mobility and most of the fears and taking taking a, a charger, it, we do not have to fear. We will solve it. We will be in Texas um, all over the US because wherever we dig or uh, we in Germany or Europe have the cables underground, you have them um, on top. So wherever you are, you will find a pole and you find a power cable. The, the whole America is connected with power cables. You just need to connect the car. It's not a problem. Uh, we just have to think new and solve it. And then we have to make it digital and then we create a kind of improved world by integrating EVs and not a poorer world as some would think. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I just put another a next statement into the chat for you, Marcus. But let's talk about that for a minute. I interviewed recently on another one of my radio shows for OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association, a podcast. They brought me to speak with a real estate attorney who specializes in location, accessibility, permission and ownership of charging stations and the question arose do you put one in a shopping center i mentioned that in my intro right certain shopping centers and outside malls and and garages who owns the space is it ADA here in the US, that's the American Disabilities Act, Americans with Disabilities Act. How accessible are they? What do you do when your car is charging? What if it takes an hour? Do you go shopping somewhere? Do you sit in the car? Do you have access to a Burger King or a McDonald's? Do you get a soda? Do you get a burger? Do you get fries? Uh, what do you do? What what can, can we talk about that for a second before we go on? What Marcus, you especially, what do you do when your car is being charged? If it's not home in your garage and you're you're pulling up to a pole somewhere or recharging what, what are you supposed to do or what can you do? I think there are two things. Either I'm busy by shopping or drinking a coffee or having lunch or whatever. Or when it's when I do the DC charging you mentioned before, it mm-hmm. takes 25 minutes to charge my electric vehicle to 80%. So what do you do? You, you, do, you do a pee break, you get a coffee, and you check your mails. And 25 minutes are over like nothing. It's not like in the past where you have to sit in front of a gas station, <laughs> smell, no get idea. dirty fingers, and whatever. 
Oh, that's the, that's a not a not a fun experience anymore. Gas stations here. Basti, what would you do if you had twenty five minutes to to spend charging your car? What do you do? What if uh, twenty five minutes? I wanna buy a burger at my local fast food chain. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Thank. I had no idea. They Is they it... offer DC charging. I can reserve it over my app. Yeah, and uh, uh, I I can uh, reach it with with my my old, um, with my application. Perfect. I have a parking space. I don't know. I have stress driving through the three city finding a parking space. I park in front of the restaurant and get my burger. Perfect. See, this is fascinating to me because not only are we sharing your points of view, the two of you about this, but I think we're educating people. I hope I'm asking good questions because I simply don't know how this works. And I'm curious. And I think people are. It's not just who are the companies like yours, Marcus, that are doing this, but how does it affect us? What do we do? How do we interface with the station? Go ahead, Basti. And Bonnie, sorry to interrupt you, yeah, no, but please. if you own your own house, yeah, and and or your own flat, yeah, like here in my Munich region, I have a boy box in my uh, in my garage, yeah, I can uh, sleep during the night. I have I sleep uh, really good. I, I have nine hours sleep, so perfect, yeah. I charge it twice, and I tell you something: the energy prices in the night. We have a lot of wind in Europe. Are really really cheap, so perfect. It's not this old thinking, I need to find their uh, 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 charging stations because the tank is running empty. Yeah, it's completely new world. Yeah, and people just have to get used to it. And then it's the better experience. I give you my word on this. It, oh, I, I believe you. It is a new world, very much a new world. Marcus, let's go to your statement number three. Uh, I want to unpack some phrases in here. You say integrated intelligent electric vehicles, and that's that's a big word. Integrated intelligent electric vehicles will realize zero emissions while charging and while driving and charging. So talk to me about the zero emissions, but what what is an integrated intelligent electric vehicle? Is that an IIEV? Is that a phrase we're supposed to use? Or did you just make, the, did you just put those? together to confuse me. You're coming close to Douglas. <laughs> Can I have a towel, please? <laughs> I send you one. Um, no, I'll put the towel next to the radio deck. Intelligent means what yeah. we don't want um, is to just plug it in um, kind of senseless. So we want to control it. We want to charge, as Basti said before, when the sun is shining. We want to charge when wind is blowing because then we have renewable energy. Then the energy is cheap because renewable energy is already the cheapest energy you can produce. You just have initial kind of installation cost and then the energy is more or less for free. So this we want to use. Um, You might know in Texas, if you charge at night, it's more or less for free already because they have so much wind, they can't get rid of it. In California, if you charge at night, it's just half the price. So this is why we need to have it intelligent and integrated. And then we we can charge only sun and wind. You have so many sunny days in in, in Midwestern. So all the farmers can drive their F-150 Lightning um, just with this um, solar panel of their roof. Interesting. You know, we talk on many of these business shows I host for SAP and other companies, we talk about change management. How do you bring a new strategy into a company? How do you say to your your workforce, to your employees, to your managers, we're going to do things differently? We're going to, for example, we're going to the cloud, or we're going to digitalize, or we're going to change our processes, or we're going to restructure our manufacturing strategy. And it's all about change management. In a sense, we're talking about change management for people, 
every every day and nobody's sitting there saying okay come to the assembly room we're going to have a talk about change management for corporation xyz we're talking to people here that's why i'm so happy to have both of you on the show today because i think it's going to be one of our most popular shows because you're you're educating us about changes that are possible in our lives right this yeah. impacts everybody uh basti i want you to talk to to this integrated intelligent ev concept that marcus was talking about and then i'm putting it in the next statement into the chat for you but basti talk to marcus first and then we'll go to our next topic go ahead yeah the sad thing is that at the moment uh, and it's not uh, a, a disagree because marcus can nothing on it and we cannot uh, we have a strong lobby at the moment also coming from the classic energy production at the moment so at the moment yeah when you see the overall energy man, uh, mix in the grid it's uh, uh, still not too clean yeah because we have all these older power plants now still running coal and and so on yeah but we are on the way and bonnie you mentioned it it's a revolution which happens now in our generation and we we can be part of it so it's uh, it's more up to us yeah just changing uh, uh, our minds also about the the car yeah we talked before about the combustion engine and be open for those new Framework. So when I mean, okay, when it comes to charging, it's not the petrol station or the petrol station. It's a convenience store. Yeah, I go there and buy my burger. Why cannot be a, a restaurant becoming a petrol station? Just be open. Yeah, uh, that's how it is. Yeah, in the end. And I think that the rest uh, will be solved over the economics because, as uh, 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 Marcus mentioned, renewable solar energy can be nearly produced for free yeah at the moment yeah, when it uh, take it uh, the life cycle we still have solar panels here in germany running for 30 years producing energy you know it's simply just perfect yeah, yeah and so easy and it's a revolution everybody can participate there yeah, in the end yeah i like this very interesting marcus anything you want to say back to basti before we move on we good? Uh, um, I, I want to rephrase what you said. Uh, we need to have people communicating the the easiness of future ideas. And especially when it comes to cars, people or mobility, people are very sensitive and conservative. Um, they can't imagine that something new is better, especially yeah. in Germany, because we are an, <laughs> an, an, an automotive country. Um, so, you know, we are the only country besides Afghanistan having no tempo, uh, no, no speed limit. Um, well, hold on. What did you just say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we are we talking about the Autobahn? Are we talking about all? I remember hearing about the Autobahn. No Autobahn, speed limit. yes. No speed limit. No. What, well, that that that's a problem for me because, well, not because I speed, but, <laughs> but because I always tell people I'm I'm over the age of the speed limit, and that references which whichever state whichever state I'm in. You see, so I like to refer to. Oh dear. oh dear, what am I saying? I like to refer to the Long Island Expressway in New York and the speed limit on the now LIE. Now we live in Nevada. The, the LIE is the world's biggest parking lot because it in rush hour, it goes about three miles an hour. So they call it the world's biggest parking lot because it stretches east-west on Long Island and you just don't go anywhere very quickly or at all. You're stuck in traffic. But the speed limit is 55. That's all I'm going to admit to. There are other north-south roads on Long Island where the speed limit is 65 and I don't 
don't reference that at all. But if you say no speed limit, I can't use that. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Thank you very much. We've been talking in reference, I believe, to personal cars. We've made this personal since we started the show. So Sebastian Basti, I'm going to your statement number five because this brings it into another realm. We're talking about fleets now. So you say integration of e-mobility into end-to-end business process is the key. For example, the billing of corporate fleets. So how does this impact a fleet? Is this the manager's problem? Is this all the drivers who are, are we talking a taxi fleet, a truck fleet? Are we talking about a rental fleet like an Avis or a Hertz rent-a-car? Give us a reference point, please, on fleet. Go ahead, Basti. So uh, like before, that's a a really high-level statement. So let me put it a little bit more to the ground. And that's also why my, my friend Marcus is here and energy meets uh, uh, software and uh, it's it's easy. Uh, take that example you have, uh, at least in Germany or in the Europe region, we have a lot of corporate cars. So me as an employee, I, I get uh, a, a car as a part of my my, my, my my wage. Yeah, I can use it. Yeah, Driving to from from my home to, to my uh, um uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, office and also to other locations around. Yeah, we have very good autobahns, like just mentioned, and driving to the headquarter, for example. So, what is important for me, Bonnie? If I get this grant, yeah, I uh, the the um, the corporate ensures that I get my cost for the car. So it's at least always coming back to this connection to the charge point. The kilowatt hours I charge, yeah needs to be get back on my wage bill at the end of the month yeah so to make it convenient also in that sense of uh, 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 example that's only an example for corporate fleet bonnie yeah take this example of uh, um, for example utility industry yeah it will also change the billing of the utility industry yeah adding wall boxes with green energy tariffs at your house yeah Building that uh, Bonnie box at home will in, have an influence on that process as well, yeah. Because you still you will change your set four in the future, yeah, and driving an electric car. So that's why this um, integration of immobility is really necessary to make it uh, the game-changing play we want to have. Also in the corporate uh, aspect, yeah. Or take the retail; it's endless. Or your asset manager, yeah, you, you mentioned, yeah. Very interesting, Marcus. Talk to us. Fleets, bigger car, bigger amounts of cars. How would this work for you? I thought in a totally different direction <laughs> that HR managers in the U.S. get nuts now because <laughs> Basti was telling them the car is Give part car. of the corporate selling. selling or or the, car, uh, was char- the car was charged at the, the, the wrong home, yeah, but that's another story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I learned that you don't have corporate cars so much <laughs> as we have in Germany. Oh, <laughs> um, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it has to work in the future. Um, and uh, But on the other side, and therefore I like that show also, it starts small. And, and yeah. all those things start small. You hear, hear first stories and um, kind of innovation always start in niches. And they say, yeah, these guys and those guys um, doing it. Yeah, I don't fit in there. So in the beginning, nobody had white sneakers, just crazy rappers or gangsters or whatever. Now everybody wears white sneakers. And this is the same with e-mobility. A lot of people can't imagine that they will have an electric vehicle today. But mm-hmm. it, it, it will trickle down. And we do not need to push a noodle. The people will realize from themselves um, that, that the better mobility that they um, can 
drive cheaper, that they can drive more convenient, and also that they charge cheaper and that they contribute to the environment. Let me ask you both a question. Thank you for that. Hybrid, hybrid vehicles, part gas combustion, mm. part electric. Is that going to be the way people, we all say, oh, he's driving a Prius. Wow, you know, those, those kind of comments. And what was my opening that they were not seen as sexy cars and they were not seen, they were seen as slow and not doing a lot of things that other cars would do. Are, is hybrid a way to educate people about EVs or is that not a good entry point? Basti and then Marcus, what do you think? So I would say the time uh, for hybrid cars is over now. So it was a good okay. learning tool over the last year. And economically, I don't want to tell you long stories now that this does not make sense using two technology for one car, maybe. Yeah, okay. it was a good instrument getting used to it and then also bringing uh, at least uh, people to the technology of charging and, and all that stuff. But the ranges now are really really extended uh, of the most important fully electric cars take ford for example mach e or something like this 500 kilometers it's enough yeah i simply do not knew um I need, uh, uh, do not need the security of having a petrol uh, 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 engine on my car. So I think the time is over and now it's the time for fully electric, in my opinion. That's what I'm looking for is your opinion. Perfect. Marcus, what do you think? I think I know where you're going to go with this. What do you think? Any, any leftovers on hybrid or have we, we gone th that way and we're ready to move on for pure electric? What do you think, Marcus? Um, Plug-in hybrids uh, was an innovation when to Toyota came up, absolutely, or hybrids. It's an absolute innovation at that time when they started and they have been very successful all over the world. But when you come to plug-in hybrids out of German car manufacturers, it's kind of like the, um, the freight cats because they didn't dare to go into e-mobility directly. Um, on the other side, I also have to say, um, if you are joining in late, um, you would disrupt a complete country. Um, and, uh, and therefore, <clears throat> most probably it was a must, but the time is over, as Basti said. Thank you. I wasn't planning on bringing that up, but it just taught on me that it might be something because we're interested in your insights, the two of you being experts on this topic. And, and it's good to share that kind of information. People don't have to agree or disagree with us, but it's good to put it out there. Yeah. We have time for, I think, one more topic. Marcus, I'm looking at your statement number six. This is interesting. You say Germany as the leading industrial country in renewable energy and the automotive industry could gain a competitive advantage out of this technology development. So let's use this as an example, Marcus. What does this mean for other countries? Because once you say there's a competitive advantage, everybody else wants to compete on that playing field, or maybe they should if they're not aware of it. So Marcus, what do you think? Is Germany going to be the, the model bearer, the flag bearer, the banner bearer of this is how you, this is how you do? I, I promised <laughs> I wouldn't sing. I'm sorry. Marcus, go ahead. Talk to me. <laughs> no, no, no. I think my US team now will slap me because <laughs> <laughs> I have 11 people in the valley sitting. 
and I'm, I'm kind of Germany is always looking, or especially startups, um, to the U.S. How well you are financed, how aggressive you are, how innovative you are, and kind of how, how easy it is to kind of overcome regulations because you have much more um, less regulation. But when it comes to that phrase, Germany has already close to 50% renewable energy. So we are not talking about Costa Rica. Um, we are t um, having more, but we are an industrial country. We have heavy inter industry. We have automotive industry, steel, uh, chemicals, and we already run that country with 50% of wind and solar. This is incredible. This is world leading. So we want to have 60% in another 10 years, 65% um, actually. So we want to become 100% renewable in, in, in 20, 25 years from now. Yeah. So this is a great starting position. Now we have the best automotive industry of the world, we thought. Tesla gave us a hard time, but we will keep up. So if we now connect that, and um, there, I'm I'm a proud German. Um, I hope finally that we compete against the valley and create some um, innovations, um, creating jobs and value creation here in Germany and Europe, and not that the next software technology is coming from the US. Therefore, we at the Mobility House <laughs> want to do that from Germany, um, export it to the US and hope that this time we will win the race. Very interesting point of view. Basti, speak to us. What do you think? Agree or disagree with anything or everything Marcus shared? Um, I thinking. Want... He's thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking because... You're a global the company end, already. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, he, uh, I like this aspect that we um, at least develop uh, the the technology and bringing the the world uh, a little uh, step forward yeah uh, also maybe delivering this technology to a company who uh, to 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 also countries who have a perfect fit yeah i, th I think sunshine states yeah a lot of solar yeah uh, uh, it's only one example charge your car with solar energy could help Really, really, and it's it, it's easy, but uh, at least and uh, on, on on that mission, I agree with uh, 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 Marcus uh, because the disruption started in the renewables, and now it meets the electric vehicles. Yeah, it it will also meet players like Tesla. Yeah, uh, charging uh, the cars and the batteries in the, in the in the most intelligent way, and and operate the charging stations. Our topic in the most intelligent way. And uh, hopefully, we from from Germany and Europe can uh, uh, be uh, the leader uh, over the next years. And 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 we taking the competition, of course, yeah, uh, uh, with the, the the big companies. And as I said, software in the end is the key. And that's why I believe in uh, besides the 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 the, the, the field uh, capacities, uh, I believe that software will be the 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 disruptive part and the, the game-changing part in it in the end. So, yes, I will uh, agree that we will provide this revolution uh, uh, from, from Central Europe to the world. 
Thank you. And let me read a little bit here to both of you from the Pew Research Center. That's P-E-W. I have a research report from June 7, 2021. Today's electric vehicle market, slow growth in the U.S., faster growth in China and Europe. And let me just read a little bit here because we're almost out of time. I thought this would be interesting. I just found it actually. A small but significant share of car owners in the U.S. have traded filling up for plugging in and many more are thinking of joining them. In a recent Pew Research Center survey, 7% of U.S. adults said they currently have an electric or hybrid vehicle. 39% said they were very or somewhat likely to seriously consider buying an EV the next time they're in the market for new wheels. Outside of a few major metro areas, EVs are not all that common in the U.S. While their numbers have grown rapidly in absolute terms in recent years, that's a relatively small base. As of 2020, nearly 1.8 million EVs were registered in the U.S., more than three times as many as in 2016. And that's quoting from the International Energy Agency I quoted in my opening. They come in three categories, all electric, that's also also called battery electric vehicles, have been the fastest growing. Total number of vehicles registered in the U.S. soared from fewer than 300,000 in 2016 to more than 1.1 million in 2020. Consumers have purchased the other two types of EVs, plug-in hybrid and fuel cell vehicles at lower rates. But the U.S. represents only 17% of the world stock of 10.2 million EVs, according to the data they have. China has 44% of the EVs in the world and nearly 3.2 million in Europe account for 31%. So China looks like it's leading in perch. Are you surprised? Either one of you? I'm surprised. No. No, no, no. not at all. No, very, no, very no. interesting. You know what? I wish we had another hour to talk about this, but I have a way to get us to continue the conversation. And I'll tell you, we've got two minutes left. I can give okay. you a 30-second prediction. Marcus Fent at the Mobility House prediction. If we met again one year from today, would we still be talking about the future of EVs or would everybody have an EV? Marcus, yes or no, one sentence, go. I think in a year from now, it's clear that um, we use oil only for salad and coal only for barbecue. Oh, I love it. Sebastian Basti Wagner, quickly, 30 seconds. What's your prediction? Yeah, my prediction is Earth come first. So our Earth come first. So use this uh, technology for making the Earth a cleaner space, yeah, made with uh, clean tech, uh, uh, made in central of, of Europe. So I Thank think the, in one year, the Earth will be a, a better place. We should all hope so. Marcus Fent of the Mobility House, I appreciate you. I applaud you. Thank you for your congeniality, your wonderful input. I love the quote. I got to keep a towel on my desk now for all radio shows. Basti Wagner at SAP, the same, articulate, savvy, passionate. That's what makes a really good conversation. Judy Cubis and Thomas Pohl at SAP. Judy, thank you for sponsoring. Thomas, you have outdone yourself bringing these two, <laughs> two gentlemen to the show. I appreciate it. Shout out to Ryan Treasure, who said in for the not feeling too well, Aaron Keller, our usual engineer, Ryan, thank you for being our engineer at Voice America Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. I think you'll both appreciate this. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car, yes, gas combustion engine, is still getting two months to the gallon. What can I tell you? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Marcus Fent. Wave goodbye, Marcus. Just like Basti Wagner, Bonnie D. signing off. Have a great one. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to the future of mobility and manufacturing with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.